are. Okay, thanks for being here tonight, and thank you for being in your place on a Thursday. We're really excited about Friend Day coming up. Really, it's uh, less than two weeks away. What's this week, 22nd? Yes, two, less than two weeks away. So let's get at it, and let's invite all the people that we can. You know, when we do big days like this, we don't... Um, I never get up and say, boy, it'd be nice to have this many people come to church because we're not in control of that. We're in control of what can we do. And so what we can do is we can invite people, and that's our job. And so let's work really hard at it. I don't know how many will come, but I know this. um, The more you invite, the more that will come. And, and we, we're kind of tracking it about 50 per, over 50% of the church. You've invited somebody, and so let's keep working it over the next few days. Did we get the handout to everybody tonight? Okay. Um, <clears throat> we're going to look at the verses in a minute, okay? We're going to look at the story that's very, very well known. It's the story of the prodigal son, and we know it very well. Um, <clears throat> we know this as well. When we look at our lives, as we'll look at his life, and not just his life, but look at him, his father, and his, um, and his brother, we understand that, that life, really, basically, where we are at life, what happens in life is a result of the decisions that we make, okay, ultimately. Now, I know there's things outside of our decisions that bring things into our life, but God can give us the grace to get through those, and those aren't self-inflicted issues. Those are basically trials God uses to make us better in our faith. <clears throat> so if, we're, if life is made up of decisions, it can be good, it can be bad. I'm not going to say it can be ugly for those of you that know what that is. It can be inconsistent. <clears throat> because if we make bad decisions, do you know the life is going to kind of be bad? It's going to have bad elements to it. If we make good decisions, life will be, I was going to say good or better. And if we're inconsistent, sometimes we make good decisions, other times we don't make good decisions, then guess what? It's going to be a mess. It's going to be up and down. Depends on whether our, what our decisions are. I want to look at this story of the sun because there are three decisions that were made here. There are three main characters in the story. Of course, the first one is the prodigal. That's the one we know best. He had bad elements. He made a bad decision based on selfishness. He basically is going to look at his life, and we'll look at it in a minute, based on what he wanted for himself. The good, though, is he eventually came to his senses. Finally, and not before it was way too late. Now, he did suffer some consequences, but he could have made it worse if he had waited longer. Then we see his brother. (coughs) He was good. He was right in his actions with his father and in how he, he lived his life. But he did have a problem. He was wrong in his attitude towards his brother. And then the father. The father, he only had good attributes. We'll see that in a minute. We know the story. The prodigal decides that he's at home with his father and along with his older brother, and he decides that he, he doesn't want to stick around. He's chomping at the bit to get into, you know, to leave home and go do his own thing. And so he goes and asks his dad for his inheritance. Um, now, the dad did not have to give it to him, but the, the dad chose to. I also find it interesting that, the, that he not only gave the inheritance to the prodigal son, he also gave the inheritance to his other brother as well. He uses this as an opportunity to leave home, to go out, and to waste it. He eventually hits rock bottom, and he returns home, and we know that he is 
greeted warmly by his father. That's the bare bones basics of it. We're going to dive into it a little bit more. And then at the end of the story, the father is excited that the son is home, so he throws a party for him, and the older brother does not really buy into it. But what I want us to notice tonight, if you've seen the title, that I see three different parties in this story. Each one of them authored a party, a celebration of sorts. That's what I want us to notice. Parties are supposed to symbolize enjoying life or living a life of joy. Although now the connotation, if you like, you know, people, I like to party, you know what that means. That's not good things. The parties, I think this is in your notes, represent how each of them chose to live their life and how they looked at life. And that's what I want us to focus on in life. Because really, you, you have kind of three sets of Christians here as well as we go through the story. And I want us to see that today. So first of all, I want you to notice the prodigal son. And, and they all started with eyes. This is a bit strong, although in his, in his life it actually matches. The immoral party. That's what he was into. Look at Luke chapter number 15. I believe you have the verses there. <coughs> Here's the story. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. Notice how he wanted his, but really it wasn't. It was his by inheritance because of the father's goodness to him. But who earned that money? Well, the father did. But he selfishly looked at it at his own. By the way, you can tell the way a family is by when someone dies, how they go after their stuff. Um, and that's a story for another day. Uh, and it says, verse 12, and he divided unto what? Them. Both of them got theirs. The older son didn't ask for it. Okay? But he went ahead and gave it to him anyhow. And not many days after, I guess there was a little bit of a false pretense there, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with, what are those two words? Riotous living. You know what we call that? The party life. Right? Just the party's on. Let's go. I got this. I got my inheritance and I got this stuff and we're going to have a great time together. Well, how'd that work out? Verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. So basically, he burned through his money. And he began to be in want. The word want means lack. He didn't have the basic necessities of life. <coughs> and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed his swine. He found a job. This guy says, fine, you want to be here? You're going to go feed the pigs. Verse 16. And he would fain have filled his be belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Isn't that amazing? Mr. Party Man, Mr. I got the money, I got the goods, is now living in the pig pen, eating what the pigs eat. By the way, that's not what he thought, that's not what he thought was going to happen when he started this party lifestyle. He wanted what he wanted. And what happened? He didn't end up with anything. He totally neglected the future, which is always what we do when we choose the world. 
You see, this type of lifestyle, this type of decision is basically selfishness and, and giving into my desires and living a life doing what I want to do, what the flesh says is good, and without any, without any uh, uh, thought as to whether or not it's right. Is that what God wants? It's really a wicked and a sinful lifestyle. Now, I want you to see something. Look on your sheet. Living a life for sole pursuit of pleasure is not a Christian virtue. It's not. What do you mean, Pastor? We should, we should never have a good time? Nothing wrong with that. By the way, whenever you're doing what the world says gives you a good time, that's not a good time. Right? Oh, yeah, we're all going to go to the party night and have a good time. That's not a good time. That's sinful actions. And they come with heavy consequences. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life. But life is also made up of responsibilities. And it's up to us to make sure we're fulfilling those. But we just want to have fun, fun, fun. Look at 2 Timothy. This know also that in the last days, how many of you know we're in the last days? Okay, look what's going on in the middle of East. That is not a surprise to God. It's been on the pages of Scripture forever. You say, well, pastor, can you prove the Bible's true? Jerusalem. The prophets in the Old Testament said that Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling for the whole world. I think we know that. But that's not the, that's not the message. Perilous times shall come. Okay, what's, what's part of this perilous time? For men shall be, here we go, lovers of their own selves. Social media, nothing wrong with it, but you look on social media, what, do, what are the most of the stuff that we, you know, you know, me and my car, me eating food, me doing this, me and my cat, okay? By the way, if you're a guy and you put you and your cat, you need to check your man card, all right? Yeah. Just <laughs> okay, that was, that was not, that's not scripture, that's, I don't know, I don't, maybe God just gave me utterance, I'm not sure. Um, but lovers are their own selves, <coughs> Covet, <laughs> look at these other things he mentions, right? Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce bakers, false accusers, incontinent, that means lack of self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Can, 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 I, can, can, can we get a witness on that? What do they say in our society about, about a, you name a politician or, a, or an athlete or someone that's famous, if they're more conservative in their lifestyle, they're controversial. Why? It's only the people that are more conservative in life that are controversial. But anyhow, again, that has nothing to do with the message. Just, it just I got that there. Traitors, heady, <coughs> high-minded. High and look at this. And I think this is the last part of being a lover of your own self. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Huh. In other words, they're at a point where, where their loving pleasure is more important to them than loving God. You say, Pastor, are people like that? Okay, here we go. Who stays home on Sunday to watch because their football team's playing? Who closes their church on Sunday night because there's a Super Bowl? By the way, Baptist churches do that. It's despicable. I'm not going to set up, look, I'll, I'll watch the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll, we say we'll tape it, right? You don't tape it anymore. It's like digital. But look, I'm not going to ditch church for that. 
It's like, what do we say? You, you know, we're on vacation, so we don't need to go to church. Boy, I'm really nitpicking tonight. Pray for me. But you know what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm saying be careful. But <clears throat> if you look at it, this is a, now there are some things that, it's amazing how some sins we look at, like, you know, those aren't real bad, but look at this group, right? It's like boasters, proud, blasphemers, and then disobedient to parents. Some of the things we think are small things, God says, hey, they're big. They're in this list. They're not keeping good company. But God, God doesn't want that to be the, 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 what our whole life is about. Because if our whole life is about pleasure and doing this and doing that, we shirk our responsibilities, we don't do what we're supposed to do, and we leave a train wreck in all of our relationships. Most importantly, our relationship with God. Nothing wrong with having a great time in the right way, but you don't live for that. The key word in that phrase is more. The problem now, and this man had it, is when that becomes our primary pursuit. That's what we're looking for. It's wrong when we place personal pleasure over love and our responsibility to God, right? And then what happens is we start to think that that type of pleasure, that type of joy is only found outside of our relationship with God. That's a really bad place to be. That's only found inside of a relationship with God. Oh, you may have temporary, but it's not lasting. We have to be thinking about that. That's, that's a really bad way of thinking. Psalm 16, verse 11, it's there in your sheet, says, Thou will show me the path of life. <clears throat> in thy presence is what? You, you know what I like about that? I like the word fullness, right? Not just a little bit. Like, man, it's joy in serving Jesus. No, he says it's fullness of joy. I mean, not just a little. I mean, you get loaded up. We have a hard time believing that. <clears throat> At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Here's the point in your paper there. <clears throat> when we make pleasure our primary pursuit, we are almost placing pleasure as God in our life. Now think about that. Not that we worship it in a sense, but what we're, when we make something a God in our life when we place the importance of it over the importance we have towards God and the things of God. Right? If we think reading our Bible is boring and serving God is boring and, and blah, 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 you have a wrong mindset. You, you've bought into the world's philosophy. And, and by the way, it says, you know, there's, there's a, a, it's, it's like sin for a season. You may have a little excitement in sin, but it's only for a season. And then you got to pay. It always comes due. So what are the, some characteristics of this type of immoral party? We're spending more time on this guy than the other two. First of all, here's, how, here's some characteristics. A, life is about getting what you want. He went to the Father and he said this, give me. It's all about me. <clears throat> Whose money was it? Who earned the money? Okay, he was gracious in saving it up for the son, but he goes, mine, I want it, it's mine. Give it to me. By the way, give me just sounds bad. Right? It's, it's self-attainment at the expense of others. I just want what I want. I want my self-entertainment, self-expression. Give me what I want. When you put that all, you put that above everything else. By the way, he had responsibilities that in the property there and what his dad was doing. And he forsook those responsibilities. 
He said, no, I just want what's mine. I don't want to help you. I'm out of here. Selfish. I want, I want to get what I want. Now listen to this. Life is about having the right priorities. Ready? And you <clears throat> should not be at the top of that list. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. I'm not saying it's spiritual to be miserable. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying a responsible Christian realizes that joy is not found in self. Joy is found in doing the things we're supposed to do. And the byproduct of doing the things we're supposed to do will be joy. See, we think the opposite. Well, if it's not about me and it's about responsibilities and doing this, there's nothing joyful in that. That's not a biblical concept. God gives us joy when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. But life, we believe life is getting what we want. We're becoming a prodigal. Let her be. Life is about going where you want. Verse 13. <clears throat> a few days later, he gathered all and took his journey. <clears throat> Whose journey was it? His. It wasn't his father's. <clears throat> it wasn't God's. It wasn't what he was supposed to be doing. He decided, this is what I want, this is where I want to be, that's where I'm going. You ever hear people say this? Follow your heart. You might as well take a baseball bat and slap yourself in the head. Your, the Bible says your heart is wicked, and it's a liar. How many of you would take advice from somebody who's wick, wicked and lies? But yet the world tells you, follow your heart. You know, I know he murdered 12 people and he can't keep a job, but I love him. Okay, snap out of it. Okay? But you don't follow your heart. <coughs> Do what makes you happy. Huh. But how long will that make you happy? See, that's what the average college student does. And they go to college and they spend $80,000 a year, whatever it is, and they get a degree and it's like, you know, I don't want to work in that field. You should have figured that out before you dropped all that money. Okay, and so um, <clears throat> pursue your dreams, but what if your dreams aren't what God has for you? You know, God has something good for each and every one of us if we'll follow it, but we want what we want. There are only two problems when we want what we want. First, you're leaving God out of the equation. That's always a really bad idea. He knows what's best for us. And second, your decisions to do what, go do what you want to do and go where you want to go affects somebody. Somebody. So, we have to be careful. We don't want to be bound by duties and, and you know, we, <coughs> we live in a society people don't want responsibilities anymore. They want to go and do what they want to do. We, want, we don't want to have children. They're a pain in the neck. Well, they, they kind of are a pain in the neck sometimes, but, that, but there's, there's a lot better than... You know, you were a pain in the neck too when you were a kid. Get over it, okay? You know, but they're funny and they're cute and they're all that stuff. You know, we don't have children because I can't do what I want to do. I've read many articles and, you know, a couple of children. I can get on a plane. I can fly to the other side of the world. Well, good for you. How's that going to work when you're 50? You're home by yourself. You got nobody. People don't want to get married anymore. It's just all ridiculous. By the way, when we think we have freedom, it's not freedom, it's bondage. It's bondage. Freedom in Christ is freedom. Freedom in following God is freedom. Freedom in doing what I want to do is not freedom, it's bondage because I don't know where I'm going. I'm probably going to get myself in trouble. Let her see, we got to hurry. <coughs> Life <coughs> becomes about doing what you want. 
And where did that lead? Whenever we are living a life where I'm the deciding factor, I do what I want, it does, verse 13. Wasted his substance with riotous living. You know why he was being, he was being led by the flesh? And by the way, let me just say this. The flesh desires things that aren't right. I'm just telling you that right now. And, and you're, you, you, that sinful part of you will push you towards something that this is exciting, this is good, but it's not right because it's not God. you got to fight it. you got to fight it. Because it always seems good going into it, but it never seems good once you're into it and when you're coming out of it. That's when the real price tag comes. Okay? Life is about doing what I want. Life, I'll just be honest with you. Life is made up of, of do's and don'ts. You say, well, pastor, who, who, who decides the do's and who decides the don'ts? God does. That's, that's just how it works. And by the way, if God says something, that God says, I want you to do this, this is what you're supposed to do, that is something that is helpful. If it's something that God says don't do, that is something that would be hurtful. Not like God is keeping. See, that's Satan's lie. If you don't follow your flesh, if you don't do what you want to do, if you don't live your own life, party and do all that stuff, you're missing out on life. That's from Satan. God never keeps us from something that's good. He doesn't. And God never will send us to somewhere that's bad. We just have to believe that he is a good father. Not that silly song, but you know that one. Number, letter D. <coughs> okay, let's talk about stewardship. Life is about spending what you want. <coughs> when he had spent what? All. You know, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really bad financial plan. I mean, I'm talking about, Right? I know a little bit about finances. I have to oversee. I look over the church finances, a fine-tooth comb. That's Wednesdays. And I do finances at the house. I want to make sure we're solvent and all that. I don't mind getting what we need to get. But some of us, because we have the wrong kind of desires and the wrong kind of lifestyle, we're wasting our money. Wasting it. We have to be very careful about that. We're irresponsible with what God has given us. And if not... <coughs> Our, our appetites get out of control. And by the way, that, 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 our spending, and it's like, yeah, but I just got to, and then, oh, I don't have money for this bill. I don't have money for that bill. He totally did not think for the future. He totally didn't think of the future. <clears throat> Here's a little phrase. We buy things we cannot afford, spend money we don't have, and go into debt for things we really don't need. Be very careful about that. His future, he, he had inheritance. If we would have invested it wisely, lived a responsible life, he would have had joy, fulfillment, and he would have been taken care of. Where he ended up at was his fault. It was a, response, it was a result of his decisions, not somebody else's. What happens when we're like this is we're sacrificing the future on the altar of the presence. We do that a lot, don't we? We live a certain, <coughs> it's not just a spending. Every single one of these things he did, he was messing up his future for the present. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not willing to do that. If most of us thought about how our decisions would affect the future, we'd probably do a lot less bad things. 
Think of a husband that cheats on his wife. If he only thought how that would affect his marriage and his children, he would think about it twice, right? And you can pick any, any number of, 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 of actions that are wrong. We don't stop and think, hey, if I do that, what is the consequence? Who's that going to hurt? And by the way, if we're so selfish to the point we don't care about others, we're, we're willing to leave, to leave uh, you know, train wrecks in our wake, we're going the prodigal lifestyle. So here's the problem with that kind of lifestyle, ready? You don't receive what you want. You see, he wanted the money, he wanted to take off, he wanted to do his own thing, he didn't want any responsibility, he wanted to party, wanted to live this lifestyle, and let's look at verse 14. He began to be in want. He ran out of everything. He had nothing. <coughs> He's living with the pigs. <coughs> He's eating with the pigs. He has no future now. Everything's bad. Oh, but wait, I thought that was the way to fulfillment. I thought that was the way to living your best life. No, it wasn't. And we don't see that. So let's be very careful. He didn't real, we don't realize when we live like this, at the end of the line is a lack of fulfillment and a hunger for something that's real. That can never be fulfilled with that kind of lifestyle. That party that he went too far from making him full and content left him empty and wanting something more. When you live this kind of lifestyle and you think it's going to fulfill you, it's like living a life eating Twinkies and thinking that'll, that'll satisfy your hunger. It'll give you a stomachache. Okay? And I'm not against Twinkies. Um, not necessarily. Snickers, much better. But, you, can, you know, look, if you ask your kids, what do you want to eat for today? You know what they want? They want cereal and flaming hot Cheetos with nacho cheese. And I'm not kidding when I say they ought to just eat the bag that it comes in. That would have more nutrition. Right? They're going to get an upset stomach. To them, it's like, yeah, let's go. doesn't work. All right, let's look at the father now. The father, <coughs> he had the immortal party. His was more long-term, eternally based. Verse 21 <coughs> But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand. Basically, the son comes to his senses and says, man, the people that work for my dad have it better than me. So I'm going to go home and I'm just going to say, look, let me just live here and be one of your hired servants and at least I'll be taken care of. And he has his speech and dad's like, no, 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 you're my son. Then he goes, but the father said to servants, bring forth the best robe, nice clothes. By the way, I'm pretty sure he wasn't dressed very well, living with the pigs. Put it on him and put a ring on his hand, part of the family, shoes on his feet. And bring hither, this is probably the part he was really looking for after that eating with the pig leftovers. Bring forth a fatted calf. Mm. Say, Pastor, we should, that's cruel to eat animals. Look, if God didn't want us to eat animals, he wouldn't have made them out of meat. Think about that for a minute, okay? And so he brings forth a fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. Joy was found in the family. Joy was found with the father. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was a lost and is found. <coughs> and they began to be married. The father had a better party. My son's home. The family's together. Everything's good. Come on, let's celebrate. My son's come to his senses and he wants to be part of the family again. And we're going we're gonna to have a great time together. God wants us to have lasting joy. 
But we have to understand that it's only found at his party in his presence. So how can we have the right attitude about the father, like the father, and have the right immortal party? A, we need to want what the father provides for us. He said, I got this for you. I got you a robe. I got this stuff. You got everything you need right here. And by the way, he had all that stuff before as well. He ate well. He was dressed well. He lived in the right place. He had everything going for him, and he threw it away. He didn't realize that the best place to be was not the place he was going to, but the place he was leaving from. Everything always looks better outside of where we are right now. By the way, you young ones that have grown up in church, the devil will look at you and say, you go, why would you want to be in church? Look outside the church walls, go live in the world, you're missing out, and you're missing out on nothing. And you'll go away, and you might realize it five and ten years when your life's a train wreck, and then you'll be coming back and like, I should have never left in the first place. This is the best place to be. The problem with seeking what we want on our own is that we don't really know how to find it. We don't even know what we need. We can't figure it out. Remember, uh, Joseph, not Joseph, Jennifer had a baby. Um, well, she's had like 20 of them. But, uh, and I went to visit her over in Harbor City. And so I go there and, you know, you go up to the information desk and it's like, um, I'm here to visit Jennifer Esposito. And they look in the computer to tell you what room they're in. There was two volunteer ladies, very, very old. <coughs> Their mouse was upside down. <coughs> and they're sitting there, and I'm looking at the screen. They keep moving the mouse, and it's going the opposite direction. She goes, this thing won't work. Now, okay, I got to tell you, I noticed it right off the bat. I should have been a really good Christian and said, no, let me explain to you. I'm like, nope, they're going to figure it out themselves. And then she, Martha, whatever, come over here and help me. And she takes the mouse in, and she's like, this thing, I can't control it. Finally, I'm like, I'm going to be here all day. I'm like, I, I think there's a problem. And I'm, oh, it work, it's working now. That's what we're doing with our lives, right? Hey, I got control of this thing. It's like you're, you're trying to go up and the arrow's going down. You're trying to go left and the arrow's going right. <coughs> That's what we do in our lives. <coughs> Whatever is missing in your life, Whatever you, whatever you really need comes from God. And he'll give, he, he may not give you everything you want, <clears throat> but I guarantee you, if you're serving him and you're right with him and you're trying to do the right thing, he'll make sure you have everything you need. Yeah. We also <coughs> should want, <coughs> let her be, what God produces in us. Bring forth a fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be what? Mary. You know, joy is a biblical concept. And I'm not going to read it. There's the verses right there. God wants us to have joy. The problem is we're looking for it in the wrong spot. And if we're a Christian, and you're here tonight, so I appreciate you being here, but, but we'll go out from here and we'll try to find it somewhere where it's not. Joy comes from God. So I heard this phrase years ago. It said, the shortest path to the life you really desire is obedience to God. Think about that. Because why? That's where joy comes from. The prodigal, he thought he had nothing at his father's house, but that's where the fatted calf was. He thought he had everything in the far country, but that's where the pig pen was. Letter C. <coughs> we should want what God promises to us. 
For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found, and they began to be merry. He said, you know what? Life is right here. When you were away from me, you were literally spiritually dead. Your spiritual life was nothing. You know where you're alive? You're alive when you're here with the family. That's how we should see it. Don't seek fulfillment in anything other than what God has promised to us. If we are seeking <coughs> for anything substantial in our life, outside of God, you'll never find it. All you will find is unfulfilling substitutes at best. And that is the truth. Number three, let's look at the brother for a second we'll be done. I call this the irrational party. The brother confuses me, okay? Think about the brother. He was a, he was a good servant. The father said, look, you're always with me. You, you, you've been faithful to serve me. He was, a, he was a good steward. He got his money too, but he didn't go waste it. He was a great son. He had a wonderful relationship with his father. So what was his problem? Let's see it. <clears throat> they have the party for his brother, <clears throat> verse 28, and he was angry and would not go in. <clears throat> Therefore came his father out and entreated him. He said, what are you doing? Come on in. And he answering and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. That was true. Neither trans I, transgressed I at any time thy commandment. He was an obedient son. Yet thou never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this, now look at this spirit, thy son was come. Last time I checked, it was his brother, right? I heard someone say one time when well, they were talking about their kids grow up. You know how your kids feud with each other? And they'll say, you'll say, what happened? It's like he or she. Now remember he said, I'd never let him say that. I'm like, no, no, stop. Their name's not he. Who is it? He wanted them to say their name. Because it's not a he or she, that's your brother or your sister. It's like, this thy son, okay, has come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots. We don't need a history lesson. And thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And, the, and he said unto him, son, <coughs> he said, thou art ever with me. You are faithful. Look what else he said. All that I have is thine. Hey, you're getting rewarded. Do you know who's going to, by the way, you know what I like about the story? Do you know when the prodigal son got home, they had the party, they went to bed, it was all good. The next morning when they, when they went to work, you know who the boss was? The older brother. It's like, this is, the older brother was going to get everything. Okay? And he's like, everything's yours, what are you talking about? It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. You know what his party was? His party was a pity party. <coughs> he was right in every area. I'm telling you, he was. This is the guy you want. This is the son you want running it. You're always with me. You're serving. You're faithful. You're good with your money. I'm giving you everything. You've proved yourself. But he had a horrible spirit towards those that needed forgiveness. How horrible is that? He saw life through himself. What were his problems? Look at <coughs> here. The younger brother did the wrong things. The older brother believed the wrong things. I deserve more. Man, you got everything. You, you were never away from your dad. The younger brother had the wrong actions. The older brother had the wrong attitude. 
The younger brother rejected the father. The older brother represented the father. He's a good guy. But you know what his problem was? He let his goodness put himself on a pedestal. And he looked down on others. Let me say that. Say this. I know Christians like that. Bless God, I dot my fundamental T's and I's and thank you for doing that. But we're supposed to love everybody. <coughs> I've met people. <coughs> I've met Christians and it's like, <coughs> it's like they want to be miserable. They want to have this bad spirit. It's like, bro, you're, you're, you're saved. You know, be happy. Be joyful. Love other people. Yeah, but, you know, I've done, I've served God and blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm glad you served God and your eternal reward's coming. Don't be a knucklehead. You know, we don't have to smile. Your face won't break. You might improve your looks. That's hard to do. Okay? You know, <coughs> well, I, I've, I've done the right thing. I know you've done the right thing. How is it helping someone who's had a problem is detrimental to you? By the way, <coughs> I'll just say this. Do you know why God wants you to be the good, right kind of Christian and do all these things? It's so you have joy. It's so you have a right relationship. And, so, and also so you can encourage people that are struggling. We don't need trophies. Right? I don't know how many trophies we've won in our school over the years. Years. We always win something. I don't even know where they're at. Do we have any of those trophies? I, I threw, by the way, back when I was around, I think Josh was like, we don't keep second place trophies. You know, we'd win this thing, and you know, I'm glad you finished second. You know, we'll clap for you, and, but like, give me that thing, and we'll melt it down. It's pla I don't, get rid of it. We don't have room for second place trophies. We're number two. This is in the Olympics. I got a bronze medal. You know what that means? You were third. Okay? But uh, I don't even know how I was going with that. But he had a horrible spirit. Please, if you are a Christian, you're loving God, you, have a, you ought to have a good spirit. You ought to want to be a blessing to other. <coughs> Here's what happens. A, he refused to celebrate. And he was angry and would not go in. Can I just tell you who missed out? Okay, he missed out. It's like he's complaining that he never got a fatted calf and the fatted calf is in the door. Okay, now maybe mommy brought him a plate later. I don't know. But it's like, eat the fatted calf in honor of your brother. It doesn't have to be about you. He refused any help. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. He tried to help him get through this. By the way, when you're not willing to listen or talk to somebody, that's a really bad place to be too. Like, hey, hey, you know, <clears throat> right here, you didn't act right. <laughs> Dare you tell me I didn't act right? I don't know. I had a guy one time years ago, he came to me and said, <clears throat> Pastor, I'm evaluating my life. I got a question for you. He said, okay. He goes, he goes young guy, young guy. He goes, Pastor, do you think that sometimes I, I, I have an issue with pride? And I was honest. I said, you know what, to be honest, because I said, you kind of do sometimes. He goes, what? Really? And I'm like, you asked me. I didn't come up to you. By the way, you can ask that, all of us. It's like, you know, we all struggle with pride. Hello. But like, what we, it's like we can't, take a, we can't take a kind, like, learn something. Like, you know what, I, I needed that. And maybe not someone coming to you personally, but you hear something like, you know, i got to work on that in my life. 
Well, I'm good in these other areas. I'm glad you're good in those other areas, but his spirit stunk. Lastly, he refused to go forward. This this is not going to help his brother at all. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I serve thee. We already know. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then he's like, you know, the brother, he, he wasted his life in riotous living, and look at how good I was. We don't need history lessons, yeah. right? You know, some of us are chained to the past. We, and by the way, we look down on others and we chain them to their past. Let, let, let people, look, how many of you, you're perfect? Upstairs, no? Okay then you have no right to say anything to anybody. Yeah. Right? By the way, you know, and let me help you with this. <coughs> Someone comes walking in the church, <coughs> maybe on friend day, they used to go to church here, and, and maybe they stopped going to church, or, or maybe they're having some struggles in their life. Here's the worst possible thing you can say to them. Brother, welcome back. We had the FBI looking for you. Where you been? Can I just tell you, that's about as helpful as a kick in the head. Right? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Thanks for being here. That's it. I know people, and maybe they've got away from church a little bit, not even done anything bad. They get away from church and like, you know, I want to come back, but I'm embarrassed. Because someone's going to say that. You know what? But you know what happens? They come back, and you make them feel welcome, and they're like, that wasn't too bad. Man, I'm glad to be back here. Everybody should feel that way. Yeah. Well, you, but pastor, I've been here forever. I'm, you know, I'm a foundational member. Yay! I'm glad you're foundational. Okay. But God loves everybody. Yeah. The brother and I. I'm hammering on this guy, but he's a good guy. Verse thirty. <coughs> he refused to forgive. You know, the last thing the brother needed was to to be thrown in his face. You wasted everything you had on righteous living. Because you know why? He had already gotten right. He knew that. The Bible says he came to himself. He was there because he knew he did wrong. And by the way, when he got up the next morning and he was just one of the guys, he had no more inheritance. By the way, he didn't get a second inheritance. Right? He got his and the brother got the rest and that's that. But he lost out. But you know what? He was glad to be back with his dad. And it's better to come back and lose a little and be back with my dad than not come back at all. And he needed someone there to say, man, he should have been the first one to run alongside his father and say, man, I missed you. Man, remember how it was when we used to work together? Remember how, you know, we talk about the days when dad's gone and and I'm going to be here and you're going to be by my side helping me? None of that. So, which one of these are you? (coughs) Are you mistaken and you think that You have to go out into the world to have fun? Or are you willing to be like the father and say, I'll be content with what the father has has for me? Or are you going to be like this one? You're doing everything right, but you just have a really rotten spirit towards others. There is nothing good about that. I've heard this phrase before, and I understand why people say it. I'm not picking at it. But I I would rather have somebody with the right position and the wrong disposition, which is attitude, then have somebody with the wrong position and the right disposition. I say this, you can't choose. You have to have the right position, and you better have the right attitude. 
And so that's what it's all about. So what party are you at tonight? Let's uh, bow our head and close our eyes. Let's stand and we'll pray. We'll be done. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this story. <clears throat> I pray, Lord, you would help us to understand the best place to be is with you. Trusting you to give us everything we need. And Lord, help us to to be careful about deviating and going our own way, thinking that leaving you and leaving my relationship with you is where joy is found. And Lord, help us to have a good spirit towards those that may have issues and may have struggles. That could be us. And to be honest with you, Lord, for a lot of us in here, it was us. And may we be loving. Bless us now as we go our way. In Jesus' name we pray. <coughs> Amen.